Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. From the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network for movie talk, and the schmoes know, this is DC Movie News, bringing you the most up-to-date discussion and commentary within the DC Universe. Hello, DC Movie fans! Welcome to DC Movie News, your Thanksgiving escape when your family is making you feel like you're trapped in the bottled city of Candor. I'm Adam Gertler. Hey, I'm Johnny LaCuasso. Guess what? We got three dudes today! Hooray! Dude. That's right, because we had too much sexy with Rocky Roxy Stryer. So you that decided, hurts, man. I yeah. know we just met, but like that. that Actually, his on. hair is longer than Roxy's. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's and that's the that's the standard we go by. That's right? what equates there, the sex. There's a crossover yeah. there. Uh, Roxy Stryer is back home in Boston. She Boo. wanted she, she wanted me to say Starling City, but she's in Boston. Uh, it's very cold, but she misses everybody. We miss her. Uh, I'm Johnny Quasto at Jay Quasto. Our special guest sitting in studio here. Now, this guy has an amazing show that airs immediately after Monday Night Raw on YouTube. It's called the Straight Shoot Podcast, but why is he here? He's not just a wrestling fan like I am. He also legitimately is in the comic book industry. This guy has worked on the original Walking Dead. You have edited for Marvel. Kick-Ass, also. Kick-Ass. Oh, wow. You even have created your own comics. You have a a comic right now, kingmall.com. Yes, sir. Tell us about your... Your life is crazy. Just tell us. Is is your biographer going to tell us about us? Yeah, man. Get into it. Go. (laughs) No, it all started at this this crossroads where I made a deal with a shadowy man. Yeah. Uh, No. uh, No, I've I've been really fortunate. I've I've got to work these really cool jobs. I I started at Marvel right out of college. Doing what? Uh, Well, I was was an intern, right, in editorial originally Uh while I was in college, and then... I looked out. Somebody left, and I was able to slide right in there once I graduated. And so I worked in Tom Brevoort's office, in the Marvel Heroes office. Worked on Civil War, House of M, Wolverine, So Captain editing, America. you were actually editing. What does an editor do? Like, I understand, like, the editor-in-chief kind of oversees, mm-hmm. like, where the storyline is going. But working as, like, a young editor, like, on a book, are you just like, uh, we have, like, a 30-page script. We got to get down to 23 pages. How does that work? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's been known to happen. Man, I, I usually tell people it's, it's kind of two distinct jobs, right? Like, one is traffic cop, mm-hmm. uh, because everybody who works on a book is independent contractor, freelancer, yeah. and they work huh. at a house. So you've got minimum you get a writer, a penciler, an inker, a colorist, a letterer, That's and sometimes of, you have multiple pencilers. Exactly, yeah, too many cooks. Um, yeah, boo, uh, too the, many cooks. Uh, um, Sorry. Yeah, so you have at least five people working on each book, on each issue of these monthly books, and so you've got to just play traffic cop and make sure everything gets where it's going. But then once once it comes in, you got to do quality control, make sure it's good once it gets wow. there. So it's script notes, it's going over outlines and stuff with folks, but it's also looking at pencil layouts and inking and coloring notes, and then proofreading the lettering. Well, well. Thank you so much for coming and yeah. sitting in with us today. So this is our Thanksgiving episode. Tell um, us, actually, I want to know, King Maul is your own comic you've created from start to finish, right? Yeah, well, King Maul is my webcomic. It's right. at kingmaul.com, right? And the, we, we put a new page up every week, myself and Zach Kinsella, the artist on it. And then I had a graphic novel come out earlier this year with uh, the Roddenberry guys. So like Gene Roddenberry. Oh, cool. Uh, Star Trek, of course. You know, uh, I did a graphic novel with those guys and Chris Moreno was the artist on that. They came out back in April. It's called Worth. And what's funny is on a totally different genre, you and I kind of, we don't go head to head because like we're buddies. We go head, we like... go totally head to head. It's brutal. Take no prisoners. <laughs> yeah, falls count anywhere. Immediately after Monday Night Raw, I'm here at After Buzz hosting the Raw After Show and then you have your own called Straight Shoot. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and it's, we have guests and everything but it's not, it's, it's not as fancy as this. Uh, so everybody's just in their home and they dial in and we chit chat about Raw and go over stuff. This past Sunday we had Shayna Baszler, uh, remember the Four Horsewomen MMA legend and icon Shayna Baszler. Four. Uh, and this coming week I have NFL free agent Brennan Williams. I know a good buddy of mine. He's rad. Rehabbing he's from super, injury. Yeah. Super smart wrestling head. 
and Adam Cole, baby, from wow. uh, PWG and Ring of Honor. Very excited That's about it. That's solid. Very okay. cool. I, none of what you're saying makes any sense you to should me. Just, just know right. you should be impressed. I have no... Can I talk about DC stuff now? Let's do it. We have to. All right. Thank to, you. you know, hey, we've had a lot of wrestling fans okay, cross I know. over to this show. Okay. You know that. That's great, man. I totally respect <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. There are two of us, all right? This is, I know. Exactly. I feel a little outnumbered. <laughs> it's a handicap match, girl. Where are you? So this is our Thanksgiving episode. We thought we would get into a little bit of news, but what I also wanted to do was talk a little bit about some of our favorite movies to watch around the holidays, to watch on Thanksgiving. For me, at least, you know, when you're sitting around the house waiting for the food, mm-hmm. uh, it's a great day to watch movies. Uh, so but we get a little bit of... though. You're cooking the food. Well, you so know, about like... t- yeah, 10 or so years ago, I kind of took more of the cooking responsibilities. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't really been able to do it too much, but this is kind of like growing up as a kid, I love to take this time like the holidays Every you know everybody's home and you watch these like big epic movies this is the time to watch like your godfathers your classic movies you know the movies that everybody really really loves so we're going to talk about that uh, as but first we do have some news so let's get into the news real quick we do first up we have uh, an official announcement about Michelle McLaren um it's on. We have a director yep. for the Wonder Woman movie. We talked about it. We don't have to get too into it right now because we really talked a lot about it a couple of weeks ago. But again, this is an executive producer of Breaking Bad. She worked on Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. She's worked on... X-Files. On X-Files. She worked in the last couple of seasons of Game X-Files of and Game of Thrones. So, uh, Johnny, how do you feel about Michelle McLaren being selected to... Uh, Direct Wonder Woman. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. It's like, granted, I mean, it's a risk anytime you bring someone on for, regardless who the director is, in, unless uh, you're, you know, <laughs> the major. I w- that's not. She's not a major, major director, but she's phenomenal. Well, she's, I mean, well, she hasn't done a lot of films, but right. what she has done with these shows. What, what the reason I'm so excited about it is it, it's what makes a great comic book movie, in my opinion, is the character. You need well developed yeah. characters, and on these shows, she's done so much character work. Yeah. I mean, all those shows are incredibly character driven. You've w- worked on Walking Dead, so I, I mean, on Walking Dead, yeah, the, the I comic. Think, I think Walking Dead is one of the most successful comic to screen translations ever done. I mean, mm-hmm. and it seems to have fans of both the comic and and the TV show, and they cross over and go both ways. And they have uh, Robert Kirkman is well, actually he's, yeah, involved. He's, he's deeply involved. You know, I think that's a big part of it, right? And having and even if it's not somebody who's necessarily involved with the comic, having someone who respects the material exactly. makes all the difference in the world. So what do you think about Michelle McLaren directing Wonder Woman? Well, obviously she's got the resume to, yeah. to, to back back it up. You know, who could argue with the, those shows that you just listed there? I'll tell you what I'm really excited about and I'm, re- I'm really pleased about because right now, sort of as a culture, as a culture there's a, a big push towards uh, proper representation for women, three mm-hmm. white guys talking about this. But, yeah, exactly. But for, yeah. But for well, uh, but, but for women and women and minorities, right? I think it's great. Yes. I think it's awesome that a woman novel idea is directing Wonder Woman. That's amazing. I think it's a great idea too. When they first announced that Warner Brothers was looking for a woman, I was kind of against it. It seemed like a, a real gimmicky thing to do. Yeah. I, you know, I thought like, why not just find a great director? Mm-hmm. And, and there, you have know, those, there have been those Nicholas Winding Refn rumors for a real long time too, right? You, like about Wonder Woman? Yeah, man. I couldn't see him doing a Wonder Woman. That's the only thing that bums me out about this is because I wanted to see what bonkers bananas stuff would come from a Nicholas Winding Refn Wonder Woman. But no, Michelle McLaren, she's fantastic. I agree. Like, like, yeah. yeah, how great it would have been when we almost had, like, the Darren Aronofsky Wolverine movie. Right, like, exactly. I never really believed that that was going to happen, <laughs> but, like... That would well, have been amazing. You look at her resume. I mean, all the shows she's worked on, they're all gritty shows. Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones. Uh, what's the other major one we make? Walking Dead. They're super gritty. They're dark. It's like you're watching a movie on your television to begin with. So she definitely is going to bring it to the table. And obviously, she wouldn't have signed on if she wasn't super excited, ready to put everything into it. I think it's a fantastic decision. I, I think everyone should be happy about to it. To be devil's advocate for just a moment, if I could. Um, one thing about when a director gets to uh, mount a huge studio project for the first time, is there this fear that because they're not an auteur, because they're not like a Nolan or a James Cameron that gets to have their way. Right. Is there is there the fear that they're going to kind of be like just pushed in a way that the studio wants them to go and they really won't have a clear vision? I mean, that's that's... Well, maybe, but you know, that's what you just described sounds exactly like Marvel's strategy, right? right. Mar- Marvel and it's worked out pretty well, right? I like I can't people, disagree. People see those movies, you yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah. and they like them too. Like beyond just seeing them, people love the hell out of those movies. And, and it's not to say that you know James Gunn didn't have a very specific voice with Guardians of the Galaxy, but all of those movies are sort of their those directors' hands are forced by Marvel right. to sort of 
Toe the line. And the actors, too. I mean, we've heard the yeah, actors sure. speak out, too. It's like, look, I just stand there and, like, Stick you know, to the script. Yeah. yeah. Like, essentially, it's, it's a phrase, but really, you stick to the script. But, you know, but, Zack you Snyder know. is going to be executive producing, too. So it really does sound like Zack Snyder is going to kind of be godfathering these movies a little bit, which I'm very excited about because, I, again, I've spoken many times before about how I think his visual style is incredible. I love the visuals from 300, from Watchmen. I think that when people I'm a big see, Sucker Punch fan. How about that? I'll go ahead and say it. <laughs> I'll put it out there. I don't care. Here's the I don't care, man. I'll go there. How excited it. are you to see um, a Batman fight directed by Zack Snyder? Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. With like, yeah, with Bjork singing Led Zeppelin in the background. Or like, I hope whatever, so. the, whatever the balls he oh, does. Yeah. Tori Amos Bjork. smells like teen spirit. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Listen, kids, we want to talk about movies mostly on this show, but I have to take a sidebar to mention TV for a moment. A lot of you are being right. DC TV fans. DC uh, kicks ass in all different uh, networks on TV. We got the CW, we got NBC, we got Fox. Uh, we're going to have TNT coming up. So, Constantine on NBC. I started watching this show. It's grown on me week after week. I'm not a fan of like procedural shows where it's like a different villain every week and it's, you know, but Constantine is really good. Like the dude, Matt Ryan is fantastic. He looks like Constantine. Uh, the Papa Midnight episode was great. And I guess what's happened is that NBC hasn't canceled the show, but they canceled, they went to a 13 episode order for the full season. Now, personally, I don't think that a show like that should have more than 13 episodes in the season. I no. think you get better no. storytelling. Yeah. But that's not really what's going on here. I think the show is in trouble. So I just want NBC, to... let's not forget, they love canceling everything. They do. <laughs> yeah, when you put it on Friday nights, it's, it's a really tough slot. They, yeah. They've been known to cancel shows after one episode yeah. of doing awfully to start. Now, so. I don't know, Johnny, have you actually had a chance to watch any of uh, Constantine yet? I, I haven't seen Constantine yet because I literally only have enough hours. I don't have enough hours in the day to begin you with. You are the reason it's being canceled. There's a now. lot of wrestling on TV each week. Here's the thing, though. What, one thing that is kind of cool about Constantine, I, I, I know one of the upcoming episodes that Justice League Dark is going to be introduced into the show, oh, cool. which obviously is going to be our next topic. Or at least parts about. of but it. I think that's pretty awesome, though. Um, well, we know that there's rumors that like Zatanna will be introduced in there. They mentioned that they weren't going to get involved in like Swamp Thing and things like that until they sure they were sure they could do it well. Yep. Uh, and also, the, the show has to be really popular. So, if you want to save Constantine, you can go to ipetitions.com slash petition slash save dash Constantine or use the Twitter handle hashtag save Constantine and you'd be surprised that kind of social media push has worked for shows I signed up for the online petition I know that there was like a thousand something signatures early in the day by the time I signed up there was over three thousand signatures they're looking for a hundred thousand signatures so everybody who's watching this podcast right now please tweet that with the hashtag get people to save the petition and let the networks know you know I mean not every family can be a Nielsen family but this is a good show let a show like this develop uh, otherwise we're not going to have great interesting shows like this and I think part of the problem is you know when you're on a major network like NBC the expectations are so much higher where when you're on the CW they know their right. ratings aren't going to be set. When you're on TBS, when you're on TNT, right. when you're on USA, you notice those shows last a lot longer. I know, but the problem with those CW shows is they always go into like that soap opera mode. No, I get it. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I love it. I like Flash. I like, I like Green Arrow, but like, you know, even on like Arrow, it's like, everybody's showing up this week with a quiver and arrows. Like, right. what? Like, the dude spent five years on an island to become a master, and now you can just go take a weekend course and come back with a quiver and a black leather costume? I totally get it, but don't rule out, let's say Constantine gets canceled by NBC, don't rule out some other network picking it up. It could happen, cable. yeah, and Netflix sure. and all that. TNT is um, a perfect fit for it. But now, like you it. mentioned our next subject, so, uh, I'm sorry, did you want to say anything about Constantine? No, I haven't or? seen, uh, too much wrestling to watch, man. Okay, I, I know, I'm part of, of the problem. I'm so behind I, on Gotham, so too. can <laughs> the WWE pick up Constantine? I don't know how that works. Would he then just have to <laughs> They've got their own network now, yeah. Yeah, Good well, bit. they're looking for um, <laughs> Speaking of Justice League Dark, this next bit of news is something we kind of mentioned briefly. It's very exciting. I mean, I think it's exciting. This guy likes to talk. Guillermo del Toro yeah. has mentioned that a script for Justice League Dark mm-hmm. has been submitted to WB. And like you can see, the team of Justice League Dark are those dark heroes. You have people like the aforementioned John Constantine, like the Demon, uh, Etrigan, like Dead Man, like Spectre, like Zatanna, and of course my favorite Your beautiful boy. green creature from the swamp. Your the swamp boy! Thing. I just want to pluck a fruit off of him. Aubrey, what do you think of the possibility? of a big screen Justice League dark film with these characters. Oh man, I'm so into it. You know, one yeah. of the things that and, and it, there's they have a, the the great thing about the DC universe and the mystical characters there is this is just scratching the surface, right? Yeah. Like you've got you've got Blue Demon, you've got, you know, connection to Shazam, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so 
there's so many depths to mine when it comes to mystical and magical and occult heroes. Um, yep. Clarion Witchboy, that's one of my favorites, right? There's so much deep weird... cuts. You're yeah, man. Now. Yeah, listen, I'll bring it. Uh, but no, I, I'm super stoked. And I think Guillermo del Toro is the perfect guy for it. I oh, yeah. loved the Hellboy movies. And yes. The stuff I loved most about the Hellboy Worked movies. Worked on The Hobbit as well. He co-wrote it. Yeah, man. Um, well, like, yeah, he was originally supposed to direct The Hobbit yeah. and then until they took forever and then Peter Jackson was like, I, I got this. I'll but, handle it. Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth is incredible. I, I, I'm a huge fan of Pacific Rim. I know the script isn't great, but I think it was very specific in a certain style and it had the best you know giant robots versus monsters on and what screen he's good at is he's, you've ever he's seen. good at world building and even more importantly than that mythology building right like if you watch those hellboy movies like the most compelling yeah. parts of those films to me are when you know you have this ancient tree monster right and yeah. it's the last of its kind and it's it's really just one scene but it has so much emotional depth and weight you're right it. it does create a whole world in those Hellboy yeah. uh, movies and, and that's again that's part of why comic book movies can be so great I always say that there's a lot of mythology to mine from even if you're not mentioning every piece where it came from the fact that it's it's got a dense mythology uh, it, it just gives a, a depth to the work to the material like you know that this uh, tree monster has a lot of history to it the other thing that Guillermo del Toro likes to do though is attach himself to many, many, many projects. So you don't know <laughs> right. what is actually going to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, they want me. Yeah, yeah, we signed on. Hopefully okay. after Pacific Rim 2, I would love to see a Justice League Dark. But we got to save Constantine but, first to make sure the studio knows there's an interest to see him back on the big screen. Here's the question, though. DC has already announced their entire slate going up until 2020. So is this something that would be on the plate after that? Or not, is this something they would just plug in? Because he said the script has been turned into Warner Brothers. Not necessarily, because there's also been mentioned that we would see the sequels to both Superman and Batman. Batman before 2020. So I think, you know, Warner Brothers, because it's it's a little bit of a bigger studio than Marvel. Marvel Studios is a small, it's like a boutique studio yeah. run by Kevin Feige under Disney's umbrella. Warner Brothers is Warner Brothers first right. and DC second. So if they wanted to find a way, they would make it done. But I think that this would be in a separate universe. Anyway, I say, like, let Guillermo take the reins on this. I really, 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 really hope it happens. Like I said, the next time I, I see Swamp Thing, I want it to be on the big screen. Oh. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to see it on a TV show. I want to see yeah. a, a, a big budget. They have, yeah, they make it look good as opposed to just... <laughs> exactly. You know. Because I'll often say, I'm a big fan. Now this is kind of getting into our next subject, which is like some of our favorite movies to watch. Like, I love that Wes Craven Swamp Thing movie. Oh, wow. But you go back and you look at the outfit, man. It is pretty <laughs> sorry. It's a little rough. Yeah. It's rough. But I remember, you know, uh, like this great sword fight at the end. It's really dark. It's really swampy. It sure. is. Yeah. As it should that's be. good. That's a good Swamp um, Thing movie. Yeah. But you know, now that's um so we'd like to talk about some of our favorite DC movies of all time. Could be recent ones, could be ones you like to watch at the holidays. Um what do you got, man? What do you uh is you checking anything out recently or yeah. all time you wanna For me it's not even about favorite, you're just like, Oh, which one are you gonna watch over the holidays? And for me, um I'm a huge fan of, of animated films because I, I do a lot of voiceovers and one of my goals is to be like a regular on these types of projects. So I watched Assault on Arkham. I just think it's a really enjoyable. So, what did you film. think? I'm, I'm, I asked you to, ch to check this out. We talked about yeah. it. I told everybody to check it out. Well, it's great because you know we, we talk so much about Suicide Squad in the show, and you know who might be chosen for the movie. Well, Assault on Arkham is pretty cool because there's characters in this film that I don't think I have a shot in hell of being in the Suicide Squad <laughs> movie. That doesn't mean I don't love it, though. I mean, it's vibe in it. King Shark well, is the King, oh, King Shark. Shark. I love King there Shark. We go. There's the picture. We got That's King amazing. Shark. Um, we got Black Spider, Killer Frost, Captain Boomerang, uh, KG Beast. He dies in the first 30 seconds, KG of course. KG Beast. The first time Spoiler I alert. encountered KG Beast was on, I believe, the... Super Nintendo version of Batman. It was yes. like there was an early version. Like people know this. I only get a video game system every time like a new Batman game comes out. <laughs> like it was like Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo. I think I had N64, although I don't know if there was a Batman game on there. But uh, I remember KG Beast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he gets. Oh, did you just spoil what happens to KG Beast? Uh, I, I mean, no, 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 don't, don't worry. No, 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 just keep no, going. It's fine. Anyway, so. He, Russians never die. He's. Fine. So you get to see an idea of what a Suicide Squad could look what, could look uh, like on the screen. A little bit. I mean, there's there's a couple. You know, I would think obviously um, Killer Frost. Yeah, I think she would be amazing. Obviously, Mucho dead, sexy. dead shots a definite. 
Um, but it's it's a fun story. It involves the Joker, the Riddler. You have a, a Two Face cameo. I mean, a lot of people end up showing up, and it's gritty too for an animated film. Uh, there's a sex scene. There's some cuss words. Oh, yeah, that's, what about speaking of that sex scene? I think I pulled the picture. Ooh, this is one of my favorite. Ooh, Harley yeah. Quinn seduces Floyd Law in oh, Deadshot yeah. in this most incredible scene where she shows up in his room and she's like, "Hey, you want to get it on?" Yeah. And uh, he's and then like, he's yeah. like, "No." And then he's like, <laughs> "Okay, whatever." There's no seduction. When do you see that in an animated film? There's no seduction. It's just a naked Harley Quinn going. Is it based on a comic? I don't think is so. It, is it totally original? No, actually, the idea from Assault on Arkham comes from, like, the Arkham games. Oh, yeah. cool. But it also has very much a New 52 style. And this is another thing I want to bring up, because people talk about how uh, there's strong rumors of the Joker being in Suicide Squad. And based on what Jatorrell was saying last week and how, like, the presence of the Joker would really help sell this movie. Here we see him, how he's in this kind of, like, Hannibal Lectory, like, you know, um, isolated uh, prison situation. He's like all on his own and he's just like this looming presence in the mm-hmm. film and he actually does a big part that's what I would like to see play out with the Joker in his Suicide Spe- Squad speaking film. of which uh, Jared Leto was asked about the Joker rumors he completely danced around it he just, really? he goes uh, you know there's this other movie called uh, Fight Club and the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club <laughs> oh, Good so for that's him. not a denial it's not a Good denial and then he danced around talking about how proud he was of his Oscars this year you know right. obviously uh, Dallas Buyers Club yes um, and uh, there's another major which if you film. haven't seen Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers Club and you're not sure if the 30 Seconds to Mars guy can be the Joker. He's adorable. Check it out. He's yeah, quite he's a adorable. talented It's dude. a great so film. He too. completely danced around it, which was phenomenal. Um, but I, it's a really enjoyable film. It's only an hour and 15 minutes. Not going to take up your whole day. Amanda Waller is a beast in that movie. Is it I Fat Amanda Waller or yeah. Skinny? Yeah. Fat. He's it's like, gotta he's, be Fat Amanda he's Waller. He's all about that base with his Amanda Waller. <laughs> you definitely don't I want mean, no Twiggy Amanda Waller. She is... She could fight crime herself. Good. She's so big in that movie. <laughs> and and the voiceover actors, uh, the actors in it were incredible. Um, you could even make a case that Harley Ooh. Quinn was kind of the star of the you film. You get Kevin Conroy voicing yeah. Batman again, which every time you know someone voices Batman other than Kevin Conroy, I'm like, oh, good job. But he is the he quintessential yeah. Batman. He gets the tone. He gets the tone of Bruce Wayne and the Dark Knight, and it just doesn't sound forced. He's not going over too far like that. He just kind of goes like, but who does that? Oh, I don't know. Some people say that. <laughs> but look, I mean, Kevin Conroy is the man, and I'm, I'm so excited about that film. I think it's a great film. And um, Harley Quinn's voice was uh, very unique, and I dug that. And, if it's um, anywhere near as good as your Harley Quinn voice, I'm yeah. so... Oh, yeah. yeah. It's actually there it is. That's it. To it. Yeah. Sure, Harley Quinn's basically a Jewish mom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> She's from Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what about you? Do you have a favorite uh, film that you want to talk about? A classic do, DC film? I absolutely do. Yeah, you know, I, it catches a lot of shade from people. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because You're... it came after the Burton Batmans. But oh. Batman Forever, I, it's it's my favorite of the Batman movies. Wow. Uh, or, you know, no, let me back up. It's not my I don't think it's the best one, but it's the one that I find most watchable. Those Nolan wow, ones exhaust most me. Most watchable. You're I saying love them. all Batman films. Yeah, it's yeah, most yeah. Funny this is the one. This is the one that, like, if I mm. see this one on TBS or whatever, I, I, I stop and I, I stop what I'm doing and I watch it. The is Nolan my ones, face Nolan registering are, shock right yeah, now? Yeah, man, I see it. But here's the thing: the Nolan ones are phenomenal. Oh. They're great films. Uh, they wear me out. They're exhausting. Okay. I, I don't want. To, to deal with man's depravity and descent into chaos on Thanksgiving. It's funny no, because I want you... brightly colored Joel Schumacher oh, bananas Batman. Wow. That's what I really friendly. It's funny when you said you were wow. going to talk Batman forever. I thought it would be to kind of joke around and make fun no, of it. No, I love it. Good for you. So I Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Yep. Ridiculous. Terrible casting. Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. Even worse casting. Oh, like, yeah. like, but and I believe his name in the film is is Harvey Two Face. They don't even go into the whole Harvey Dent thing, lawyer. We delete it. They just call him Harvey Two Face. Let's skip right to the good parts. Uh, and no, and that's kind of what he has I like these about custom it. suits made. Really, it's great. What tailor it's, is making those no, suits? It's beautiful. And here's the other thing, though. And this is this is not ironic. I think Val Kilmer is probably my favorite Bruce Wayne and Batman. Oh my okay, God. now here's the thing. I will defend like Adam Val West, Kilmer. Like Adam, Adam West gets a pass, but he does a very, very different thing. Right, but the thing is, I think that Val Kilmer, I even think George Clooney could have been good Batman and Bruce Wayne. I, I just 
for me, the world that they created, they I don't know why at some point Warner Brothers was like, yeah, we, we, we were on this path. We did these two Burton films. Now let's just well, you let's know totally why. change the tone. But well, the second but, one did, but keep didn't do some well. actors in common. Like keep the actor playing Alfred. Keep the guy playing well, they were, uh, Commissioner Gordon. Well, so originally, they, the originally they wanted Keaton, and Keaton dropped out once yeah. once he saw the direction that the film was They were going. getting a lot of complaints Smart. from parents that the other films were too dark, and so they wanted to go more family-friendly. And obviously part of that is in fear of financial. They want to make sure they make enough money. And this one made $336 million, which actually was a, was a financial success. It made and more than Batman Returns. I didn't like sure. this either. Just, just oh, for yeah. the record. How about I, the first time we got Robin on screen? Didn't like it. Yeah. Did not like it. But That's why that was I, like 20 years ago. I'll tell you the things that I loved. I loved the, the cinematography. I liked all of the, the Dutch angles. I liked all of the crazy bright colors, all the day glow stuff. I like the fact that it was kind of campy. Because the Dutch like, angles, you, meaning like the tilted cameras. Yeah, the the kind of, so kind of like yeah, what yeah. you got from the Adam West Exactly. And, and that's why I liked it, because it felt like a spiritual successor to those Adam West movies that I grew up loving. Well, what didn't you like about Jim Carrey? Because to me, in 1995, there was no one hotter. You know, Ace Ventura blew up, The Mask blew up. Um, it seemed like that was the perfect casting. Smart casting. He just never felt like the Riddler to me. He hmm. felt like a guy that they wish they could have had him just to be the Joker. It's, it just seems like and, what they... And that's how he played the Riddler. What they decided to do with those films is just throw out any sort of world building or character building yeah. and just give you, like you said, big, splashy color. For and, kids. And that's okay for sometimes. Kids. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and like... It's okay sometimes. Also, that soundtrack... Just not when Batman's involved. You gotta tell me you don't like listening to Kiss from a Rose oh, to wow. this very day? I'm gonna tell you, you gonna right tell here me? in front of everybody, Baby! I don't like... I don't wanna hear that song. In front of God and country, you're gonna in say front you of don't everybody, love I'm gonna say Kiss from a Rose? It does what about Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me? Wow. I'd much rather listen wow. to the Prince soundtrack from the 1989 really? Batman film. Oh, yeah. I don't believe that. Oh, yeah. I think that's a thing people say, Get but I don't think they mean it. Batman! Dickie right. Bell. Well. Bruce Wayne. I like Batman! No, we got it. Okay. We got it. Um, so, okay, now, what was your first exposure to DC Comics or characters or, you know, was it the, the 66 series? Yeah, or? no, my, my mom watched the Adam West Batman stuff as a kid, and she loved it. And so when we would go to the video store and, you know... We didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to watch or remember. I was like, this, you yeah. want to watch the Batman movie. This is what yeah. you want. And she was right. She was I, absolutely right. Coincidentally, I think for me, that's what it was too. I think the first time I really remember being exposed to Batman or any of that was in reruns of mm-hmm. the Adam West show. Every day. And it's such a different Batman that I later came to love when I started for reading sure. comics, but I still loved it. Batman's one of these characters, uh, right? I compare it, I think there aren't a whole lot of them. Batman's one, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are one, right? In which you can... You can approach it in any way you want. What do you, you guys go, think go, out there? Tell me, is, uh, is is Batman forever redeemable? Is it is the is the, is, is the statute of limitations up? Or are we are we are we deciding as a society, as DC movie fans, to give Joel Schumacher a pass at this point? Well, Let me know. Look, I mean, the, one of the benefits of having this show is to have different viewpoints. We could all get up here and say, "Oh, the Dark Knight's awesome." Everyone knows it is. that. I, love I, like, the I fact, like those too, you know. But I love the fact that he went this route because it, it's fun to talk about, and there are good points to it as well. And oh, absolutely. As a kid, it as a kid, it struck me where I lived way more than either of the Burton movies ever did. I thought Mm -hmm. those were dry. I thought Michael Keaton looked like a geek. It also has to do a little bit of age. I'm I'm probably a little bit older than you, so I was like around 12 when the Batman movie came out in 1989. Yeah, and I remember like going to the comic book store and getting tickets to go see what I thought was like a a preview. It turned out it was like the Saturday after it opened, and we were just like renting seats in a theater. But I, for some reason, thought like I was going to this like advanced screening. (laughs) I went to the comic book store. I got like 15 friends together. I think like Ghostbusters 2 came out like right around the same time, Uh, and it was just amazing. Like the Danny Elfman soundtrack for that original Dark Knight film. I mean, I even when I started driving five years later, I would listen to the Elfman soundtrack. Oh, it's fantastic. And... What the heck are we... Oh, yeah! It's winning me over. Jack, you said you can help me improve the paintings. Woo! A little breakdown with Prince. I was dreaming when I wrote this... Oh, ooh, sorry, wrong Prince ooh, song. No, sorry, no. Prince. You know, 89 was an amazing year for movies. You had, um, you had Batman. Was Dick Tracy that year? I think 90. it was. 90. Oh, oh, was it 90? You yeah. had Ghostbusters 2. You had Weird Al's UHF, my favorite film of all time. And you had one of the Indiana Jones movies that oh. opened the same week. That's a Which huge... I loved. Uh, Last Crusade is great. Yeah. Um, and Anyways. the UHF film, you know, it's important to mention, I always think about taking a hot dog and splitting the Twinkie and putting the cheese Whiz on top, which I've Twinkie never done. Twinkie sandwich, my but favorite. it really sounds good. Hey, Jatorel, did you have a favorite film that you might like to watch, like on Thanksgiving, or what's your classic go-to DC all-time great film? 
Uh, this is a pretty easy one for me. I grew up loving the Richard Donner Superman. Yes! Oh, cool. You will believe a man could fly. This was the progenitor of everything that we love today. This was the first film. Yep. 1978, I believe it was. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Marlon Brando. Uh, Marlon Brando, when he got cast in the role, he was like, um, he was famously quoted as saying, like, I don't understand if he's an alien. Why does he look like a human? Why can't he look like a briefcase and speak in clicks and beeps? <laughs> Which is so amazing to think that they got, like, one of the greatest all-time actors. And, like, I, I told you, we used to have that little uh, sound clip to start the this show. And he's like, of solitude. this fortress of solitude. He was I, well into the effort stage of his career oh, by that point. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, he got, like, a million dollars for, like, a week's did. worth yeah. of work. It was, like, the highest paid ever. But what about this guy? as Superman. What do you think of Christopher Reeve as Superman? Well, what, what everyone thinks. I mean, he's the best ever. The best ever. I mean, like, like it's a different approach to the character. A lot of people, you know, uh, people that grow up today, a little bit of a younger generation, I think this is the cultural divide. People in their, like, mid to late 30s, early 40s are like, no, that Man of Steel nonsense does not fly with right. me because people were so attached to this style of well, Superman, you remember, which is really different. And Aubrey can attest to this being uh, wrestling... Uh, in the wrestling as well, people are very, very nostalgic, and sure. you know, we the only, golden age of anything is twelve. Yeah, we only right? want to remember the amazing stuff of back in the day. There's a lot exactly, of, but I, I do think Christopher Reeve, as far as the Superman character, he's never had a lot of personality. I think Christopher Reeve is, is the way to go. I mean, I don't think those movies hold up terribly well. They, you know, unfortunately, but, but Christopher the first Reeve one does the Chris, first one does. Man, I don't know. Listen, tell me, what <laughs> is your you're, favorite you're part? Control, you're controlling the the sound and everything. So I don't what is make your you favorite mad. part about that first one? I love how it's like a three-act. The first half an hour is a straight-up sci-fi movie where the planet's being destroyed. Then you have like almost John Ford scene where he's with his parents. He's out, you know, in Smallville. Then the last act is you're in New York and you really see him become Superman. Yeah, and isn't the actor that plays his dad, isn't it John Ford? Is it is that the actor that played his father? Oh, I don't remember. All right, well, okay, look, I've that that. told you, that, that scene right there, when he, like, comes home and when he's with his dad, that yeah. scene makes me cry. Wow. And the way the father dies in the original Superman, I love... Because, you know, again, it's been said before, this is something that Superman, with all his powers, could not prevent. Right. Stat has a heart attack. As opposed to what they did in Man of Steel, which is my least favorite part of it. It would have been kind of inconvenient for him to go save his dad, you know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I mean, like, twirl around. It would have been an issue. Uh, like, but the thing is, it wasn't even like his dad was saving children. It was a dog. And I know people love their pets and dogs and stuff, but come on. He's got to kill himself. <laughs> Can I say one more thing yes. about Christopher Reeve's performance? Yeah. Um, he made me believe that him and Clark Kent were two different people. When Christopher uh, Reeve was Clark Kent, he sold at Clark Kent. Whereas when he's Superman, he was Superman. I really saw two different people. He I, like, really, I don't think anyone's done that since. That's he took the point. goofy approach yeah. to it. He really made that. You know, I, I, up till then, like, Clark Kent was not portrayed as such a bungling, you know, yeah. physically comedic the, sort of The only uh, thing that I could role. think is at in, in, all similar to the way that he was able to establish these two separate Christian personalities. Uh, no, Val Kilmer in Batman Forever. See, I, thought Batman. Christian, <laughs> I thought Christian Bale was amazing. As I, I, To me, I saw Christian Bale as two different people, Bruce Wayne and Batman. Really? Yeah. I really did. Well, well, he definitely had the voice for it. Same. Now, JTE, what do you think about this? This is the part where um, the original Superman goes off the rails for me, and I love the film. The end, all right? You have Superman who has all these powers, right? The the super speed, the flying, mm -hmm. the x-ray vision, the heat vision. Bullets bounce off the guy. Mm -hmm. Why do you then have to have the nuclear missile strike, and then he flies around the planet to go back in time, which is just well, like, what? First of all, the film was taken out of Richard Donner's hands, and that was supposed to be the ending to Superman 2. Okay, yes, okay. Right. And they basically fired him right towards the end, and they had uh, Richard Lester take over part 2. Listen, I don't love the flying behind <sighs> the planet, but I do love the scene where Brando shows up, and he's like, he's going against his father's wishes. I do like the flying around the planet because it is yeah. it is forbidden it's, it's, it's forbidden so it's, it's going really fast you know? it's like I gotta yeah. push it harder it Listen, does it's look cool awesome. Awesome. I think it's great awesome. it's, it's gonzo and ridiculous in the same way all those old silver age <laughs> now, I, I heard that Donner was kicked off the second one I didn't realize that he was already fired at that point because I know that they were trying to shoot both those films mm -hmm. at once they shot most of part I think Donner shot about 70-80% part 2 yeah uh, he was mm -hmm. still working towards the end of part 1 and on part 2 and they him and the producers just didn't see eye to eye also how amazing is it after after he spends like like a couple of years in the Fortress of Solitude with the um, disembodied voice of Marlon Brando yeah. and mm. then it's that far shot yeah and he just flies at the screen oh my god if that doesn't For get me, you excited the scene where uh, he pulls Lois out of the car and she's like basically dead the yeah. emotion that he goes through 
and just screams right up into the oh, sky. Oh, yeah. I believe that he was going to turn the earth around after that point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, and I guess that's the problem I have with it because, like you were saying, it, like, it doesn't hold up, but, like, it does. I mean, that part when he starts crying and he just. There are phenomenal oh, moments oh, in it. Yeah. That is a great one to watch on great, Thanksgiving Day. It's a great, Day. funny it's film, school. too. It's very funny. Yeah. The scene, I mean, Gene Hackman. Do you have a, Johnny, do you have a history with the original Superman? Did you watch it as a kid or was that. I, it's, it was way before, I mean, actually, it was before I was born. So I remember watching it a little bit as a kid. I obviously don't have yeah. the history that you two have with it, though. So, but, but okay, so 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 compared to like the modern take on Superman, you're okay with like the Henry Cavill approach to it. You think that that's like a good yeah, progression I, for the character? I don't, I don't want to write it off. I mean, yeah. we got to see what happens with Batman versus Superman. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. We, yeah, don't well, forget, Man Steals like before he's Superman. It's really right, is Superman right. begins. I'm hoping he gets to where Reeves is yeah, at as I, far as the way the character. is. I just want to go on record as saying I love Cavill. I think he looks the part. I, I think he's a great actor. I thought. Brandon Ruth looked looked the part. I, he I didn't think sounds he was, like him. Yeah. He sounds like Christopher Reeve. That's creepy. Yeah. Even like when he's playing the Adam on Arrow. Brandon Ruth wasn't the problem with that movie. No, right? Absolutely. You know, like, I thought he was and, great. And, and I never think it is. I don't think that Ryan Reynolds was the problem with Green Lantern no, I either. And I think most people think that it's 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 the script. It's the director, but most importantly, it's what the studio, the people that have the money, <laughs> want want to go with it. Because as you saw, like I think Joel Schumacher is a capable director. Sure. You liked what he did, but it's like you and five people. Like most people, <laughs> like he really did kill the the Batman franchise or Warner Brothers. Except did, they know, made like, another one right afterwards that also made a balls load of money. Yeah, yeah. He killed it that badly. There was right? one now, and they gave him another one. He's like, hey, since you already started, take the other now and just put Batman in the coffin for like ten years. <laughs> Batman, Batman Robins in. Un- unforgivable and indefensible. One thing I will say forever, I will. about mm. Man of Steel is yeah. it's different than all these older Superman films, and I think they had to do that because what Brian Singer did, he basically remade the first Superman movie, which sounded good on paper. On paper, yeah, I was. But when it was I saw a terrible trailer, choice. And I saw the trailer for the Brandon Routh film. I was going crazy. Ke- and, but and, yeah, Kevin Spacey work. should have been the best Lex Luthor ever. It was so boring. Yeah. I mean, look at the first film. Oh. Uh, he, there's a helicopter crash in the Ralph version. There's a plane crash. Uh, he's trying to make land. He's trying to split up land. Land, Bistelutua. And the land. new one, it's just a little place. It's called Otisburg. It's yeah. just a little bit, bitty place. Too many beats. And let me say something. I hated the Superboy and Brian and Ralph. Oh, oh when God. they revealed the kid was like a super kid, I was like, oh no. Yeah, it was so weird. People forget about that. But that and was then horrible. Kumar showed up, and he was just like a henchman. It was like you're Kumar. What I do you forgot about? Well, that. while we're on the topic of negativity, I guess. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Let's get to our Twitter questions. And the first. Twitter oh wait, wait I wanted is, to mention a movie. Oh, oh I wanted to mention my movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Go. I'm sorry. My movie that I'm going to be watching on Thanksgiving is uh, The Dark Knight. Well, of course, oh, as okay. we said. Now, I think this is the greatest comic book movie of all time I even put it a little bit ahead of Avengers and let me tell you why it's an epic and like what is an epic an epic to me is a movie that travels to many different places that looks huge on the screen obviously IMAX cameras were used in this but you also have the Joker performance which I mean the Academy Award winning performance to make a character legitimately terrifying yeah. as they did that opening scene with the bacon heist I mean uh, boom the, the pencil on the, the counter yeah. <laughs> but my disappearing panels are just this scene right here, which I just love when the guy is just... Don't forget the why so... First of all, he's in the backseat. Who's driving that thing? He's driving from the backseat, and he's just... While all this chaos is going on, he just sticks his head out the window, and he realizes, like, no, this guy, like, like kind of like Alfred says in the film, some men just want to see this city burn. Yeah. And that's what he does. Like, he is just caught up in what he's doing, and it really feels like there's a real threat. I think Nolan... Peaks with this film. Also, what don't about- forget the why so serious scene. Oh God! The police station. Oh, and, and, and every time, uh, every time he uh, talks about his origin, and he's always giving himself a different backstory. It's amazing. It's a really smart bit of business, and he's tremendous in it. Obviously, yeah. yeah I mean, and he looks cool. He's sexy. He's terrifying. What about Gordon, Commissioner Gordon, as Gary Oldman portrays in this? I loved film? all the Aaron Eckhart stuff. Yeah, in the second movie too. Yeah, yeah. Great. I mean, people forget about Aaron Eckhart because you know uh, Heath Ledger kind of overpowers it, but. You know, that's a great arc, man. That, like, it's it, really and it, great. That's that's the great thing about. Well, there are a lot of great things about, it, but one of the things I really love about the movie is that everybody has an arc, mm-hmm. right? Like everybody has their yeah. their path and their story that's being told. And it makes it when that movie ends, you're like, oh, I gotta wait for the. Oh, oh and it was such a long wait. And um, you know, another thing I love about that is the specificity that Nolan had with the first two films. You know, and by that I mean, like, we see how he becomes Batman. Like, all right, we're introduced to these techniques so we can see how the guy can actually do this thing. And when he has to do the thing like where he extradites um, that criminal from China, 
the way that he does that, how he has to like hire a yacht and then take yeah. the whole uh, uh, Russian uh, ba- ballerinas on the boat so he can go away as Bruce Wayne just to give Bruce Wayne a reason to be out of the country so he can go and extradite this guy. I mean, like the specifics of that and the sonar thing with Morgan Freeman. I mean, like it goes on for days. This is a movie like I understand you said you tire of it. This is a movie that like, when it's on, I'm all in. It's right. like at two and a half hours so happily spent. Um, I'm sorry that we're moving on to a different Batman, but I mean, you know, uh, Dark Knight Rises goes down a lot for me, unfortunately, after the mm. Dark Knight. I don't want to get too negative, but I don't love it nearly as much as I love the first two. Well, it's funny you say that because one of our Twitter questions uh, coming from... Excellent segue, LaCoste. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Straight Snuggle, at Straight Snuggle with an eight. Uh, what is the worst DC comic book movie in our opinions? Ooh. Ooh, Can I go first? Uh, yeah, yeah, please. I'm ready for it. Catwoman. Yeah, oh, it's got to be Catwoman. God. I got a free ticket to go see Catwoman because I bought... Um, one of the Batman animated series box sets, wow. right? And I got a free sure. ticket, and so and I convinced a friend of mine. Oh man, how could that movie be bad? <laughs> I, I mean, and I convinced him to go with me. He was furious at me for months. It is yeah. a dreadful, like, and it's not even laughably bad. No, it's just painful to sit through. Well, it won the Razzie for everything in two thousand. Rightfully so, well earned. A hundred million dollar budget. A director named Pitoff. Who has never directed a film since? Oh, wow. I, Halle Berry was, was hot as anything. She sure. had, she had won the Academy Award at this point. Yeah, this is post Monsters Ball and all post that. Post Monsters yeah. Ball, um, she's hot as anything. Sharon and for Stone some was reason, in it. Sharon right? Stone was in it. Um, you know, for some reason they thought like, okay, we have the character Catwoman, but let's take everything about that character and throw it out the window except for the name Selena Kyle. Like she's got these mystical cat inspired powers. It's truly oh, yeah. atrocious. I mean, truly yeah, atrocious. it's really where she starts like licking, was licking her hands or. Something at one point. The only the know. only part of that movie I liked was it was towards the end, and her and Sharon Stone started just taking turns beating each other with pipes because I had been wanting to do that the entire film. Yeah. I had been the, wanting someone to beat them to the death with a pipe. The best part about Catwoman is the fact that Holly Berry actually showed up at the Razzies to accept her award <laughs> and brought her manager on stage and said, you know, I appreciate the fact that you care so much about me, even when the scripts are shit. You still want to pay me? You just look at the zeros and the check. That's yeah. all that matters. Like she's oh, made fun. Wow, of it. it was uh, great. Uh, Can we all agree, Michelle Pfeiffer is the best? Sure. Oh my god, I loved Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. She's great. She's great. Oh, so good. And I love that outfit. I love the approach. Oh she was so beautiful. Um, what's, yeah. your, what's your worst? Do you have one? Oh, yeah. My worst film, um, you know, I could have said Catwoman easily. Yeah. Um, worst film. Oh, God. You know, I hate to go back to it, but I'm going to have to say... Superman 4. Yep, that's uh, it right with there. With Nuclear Man. Um, yep. So you get Gene Hackman back to the series after the debacle that is Superman 3, but I actually have some redeeming things that I like about Superman 3, like the bad kryptonite, like in the fight the in the dumpster. Superman 3, Richard Pryor also? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a soft spot Those for that are like movie. Two, it was like two different movies, though, yes. right? Because they weren't even on well, set together. Well, this budget was only $17 million because like, I, I guess they didn't want to put a lot behind it, and apparently they ran out of money at some point during the filming. Like canon, and, right? Like uh, It's not even like Warner Brothers. Brothers, it I was think. a mess. They ran Someone out of money else. at some point, and that's why none of it made any sense, and uh, they kind of rushed the film. Yeah, you it. had Gene Hackman back in the film. You had this idea that he would go against Nuclear Man, and as a kid, I liked the Nuclear I Man I loved fights. Nuclear Man as a kid. Destroy Superman. Dude, I thought Superman 4 was the business when I was a kid. It I was know, my me favorite too. One. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, what's better than Superman fighting a man who's just, like, Sun Man? And when I, his, I, his nails grow like uh, that? It's and amazing. Shows, and did you, do you realize that that character was voiced by Gene Hackman because he was using, like, oh, really? a strand? Yeah, how it's how they clone, they clone Superman by clipping a strand of his hair that they have, like, in the Smithsonian Museum where they have, like, a 10-ton steel ball that's being suspended by a single strand of Superman's hair. <laughs> and then, like, one of Lex Luthor's henchmen goes in there, steals a strand of hair that you that and a little bit of Lex Luthor's DNA and it comes out as this blonde guy called Nuclear Man. The premise of the film is that Superman, uh, based on some letters from uh, kids, he he wants to end nuclear war on the planet Earth. So he he gathers all the nuclear missiles in a giant net. Uh, He swings them around and then hurls them off into space. Um, And then they explode and he gets uh, knocked back to Earth. But during that explosion, Nuclear Man is born. He looks like Psycho Sid, too, right? He really does. Yeah. That makes me like... That's another Where thing I like about woman? it. Where is the woman? What about you, <laughs> LaCloster? What's your line? least favorite DC film? Those were the, the two. I had Catwoman and Superman <laughs> Those are pretty bottom so, of the barrel. That's why I wanted to go first. What are you some of your favorite, worst 
DC films. And you can tell me if uh, if they're just so bad they're not watchable, like Catwoman, yeah. or if they're so bad they're still kind of fun to watch, like how I kind of feel about Superman 4. Like, I'll mm. still watch part of it. Oh, and then he gets it's sick, too. Laughable. It's very yeah, laughable. It's laughable, man. Moving on. This is a question from... I don't even see who it's from, but whatever. If you could have one Marvel character come to DC Comics, and then, of course, one major DC character go to Marvel, what would you do? Basically, if you could choose a couple people to make a switcheroo, okay. what would we go so with? So your choice of the premise here of this question is that you're you're taking a character from Marvel, bringing him to DC, you're trading. but you got to trade. You're doing a trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be anyone. Yeah. Par for par. Okay. Anyone. And that, that you think would be a good fit for maybe one of the movies coming out in Slate or something like that. Here's what I'm doing. Okay. My DC team, we're drafting mm. the first round of this 2014 it's a draft. draft. It's a draft. Do it. Uh, it is our proud honor to welcome Bruce Banner, the Incredible Hulk, to DC. Thank yes. you, Bruce. Great come on over. <laughs> and in exchange, we are so sorry to see you go, but um, uh, you're taking the Flash. The Flash is walking. The Flash is running all the way to DC, all the way to Marvel. I now, look, it. it's not that I don't <clears throat> like Flash. That was not the question. I love the Flash, but I have to make a trade. Yeah. And uh, if I'm going to be honest about it, it has to be an equitable trade. Right? I can't trade, can't get the Hulk and then, you know, give you Dove. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, you gotta yeah. make no, it no, up far. No. So, good. Hulk for Flash. I'm sorry. That includes Wally West. That includes Jay Garrick. Wait, wait, that not Impulse. Barry Allen. Yes, even Impulse. <laughs> Alright, maybe you can have Impulse. Let's All keep right. Impulse. Let's keep okay, impulse. we'll keep Impulse. And Hulk, right. can, Hulk can totally, I mean, both those, they could fit in, in, into both uh, both groups very well, I think. I, yeah, I mean, you know, Hulk is just, he's such a badass character. Yeah. I used to have a subscription mm-hmm. to Hulk when, like, Peter David was writing yeah. it in the 90s, and I just, I've always loved the Hulk. The so. neat thing about that idea, too, is that, you know, DC and Marvel universes have been going on for so long that they both have a lot of analogs of each other's characters. Absolutely, there's no Hulk in DC. When Not you said really, that, when yeah. you said that, I realized that that there is, there really isn't a Hulk type character at DC. And wouldn't it be cool to see the Hulk fight Doomsday too? It would be the coolest. <laughs> that would be the <laughs> it would be the absolute coolest. Yes. All right. It. What about you? Uh, my my characters are not necessarily on the same plane. They're, they're a little bit maybe say tier two characters, but I think they'd be pretty cool. Okay, uh, for me for DC, we are drafting the Punisher. Oh right, hey, all right. Frank Castle comes to the squad. I dig human relatable characters, sure. and I think him and Batman would be a pretty solid team. You know, his family was killed by the mob. Uh, if he crosses over to DC, they both have similar agendas. He He's a and Batman Marine. would be head to head. Oh, they would too. fight all the time. Fight it would be the dopest. The yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and I would actually like to see Batman <clears throat> take a, a lick of his own medicine. You know, <clears throat> and I think like the Punisher. That's a neat thing too because they both they both had very similar backgrounds. Yeah. But then they, they they skewed off in totally different directions. Right. I think that'll yeah. be a fascinating. But thing. they're yeah. still both very likable qualities to both of them. And, Excellent. And, and now, who is DC losing? DC is going to be losing a character that I think is so dope. But I think it'd be <laughs> a really good. Um, it'd be a really good fit with with one of the ensemble cast, and that would be Jonah Hex. Oh. Um, and that also was a contender for my worst film, but I well, didn't really see the whole thing, so right. I couldn't. I didn't feel. I couldn't really talk about. They had a Mastodon soundtrack too, so I feel like they get the bonus <laughs> that points is for that. Cool. Right? Yeah, that's rad. Yeah, it's that is rad. But the character is really cool. It's a guy that you know. He was basically a, a Confederate soldier in the Civil War, and I'm a huge Civil War. It's like outlaw Josie Wales, right? Yes. Johnny LaQuasso actually does see a Civil War reenactment, so you can see him <laughs> yes, in, in Virginia. Sometimes. I go to Gettysburg every Christmas. Yeah. I really do, though. I walk around Gettysburg. My point is, though, Jonah. Um, just to carry, he's very, he's a surly, honorary guy, but he's got a coat of honor. And I just think that, you know, we have a Captain America Civil War coming out. How cool would it be to. It, so would he come into know. like present day Marvel or would he oh, be yeah. just with like Two Gun Kid? He would, like he would come to present day Marvel okay. still as Jonah Hex from the Civil War. Interesting. Wow. That'd be dope. I dig it. Yeah. All right. Wow. Which one am I doing first? Well, who do, you want, who do you want to bring on to the squad from Marvel? From Marvel, we're taking Doctor Strange. Oh. And the reason we're taking Doctor Matt Strange. Matt is going to be really upset that we just took his favorite <laughs> The reason He's we're like, taking oh. Doctor Strange is because Doctor Strange to me has always felt more like a DC character. We talked about all the mystical stuff. You talked front. about all the occult yeah. in DC, and that's absolutely true. Also, I can totally see that. You know, there was one of Stan Lee's edicts when sort of he and Jack Kirby and uh, St- Steve Ditko were creating the Marvel Universe was Marvel heroes don't have capes. Because if you have a cape, you're godly and you're otherworldly. Right. Oh. Whereas Marvel heroes were meant to have feet of clay and they're meant to be human. And right. man, Doctor Strange has the biggest cape. It's he a has, cloak. He has a massive cape, right? Yeah. And he just he never 
to me, really fit in with the Marvel Universe in the same way that I think if he went over and had some issues with Dr. Fate and the Phantom Stranger yes. and all this stuff, that makes sense to me. I love that. I love that call. So now, yeah. who are you giving up on DC? Mm-hmm. Martian Manhunter. Mm. Oh, Martian Manhunter is going. He's switching Jones. sides. That, that would fit Marvel quite well. That's the thing, you know. Yeah. Like Martian Manhunter is of all the folks on like yep. the core eight like JLA mm-hmm. members. He's the angstiest. He's the most. Ang- he's lost his. You know, he's he's like a sadder <laughs> Superman, right? Because he was he was older when he lost his entire. Planet yeah, he lost his fellow Martians. Race, yeah. He would fit in perfectly mm-hmm. at Marvel. That's great. And I could see him and Silver Surfer crossing over. Has yeah. that ever happened? Even more so. Than Silver the, I mean, the Surfer Flash is a great, Martian Manhunter. Know the, the Flash movie. is a great fit, but you're right. That's an even... Ooh, no, Manhunter. I love it. I think that's yeah. a great call. All right. Do we have any more uh, questions? We'll we get to a got more. time for a couple more questions, How's the turkey, Adam? guys? Are you on like seconds yet? Thirds? Are oh, yeah. you making those the late night fan kicking in? Yeah. Are you passing out? We usually uh. like to play cards <laughs> late at night in my house, and then we take everything and we put sandwiches that have all everything with the dressing on it. That's the move. I can't. That's mm. a, that was the best. Oh, here's a. I love this question. This is from uh, YouTube, actually. Eric Slaby, S-L-A-B-Y. Eric Slaby. Slaby. Yeah. If you we could know. be any DC character, good or bad, who would you be? Ooh. Right. Oh, did we? Did we not do this one before? No, we talked about. We we answered the question. Is there any DC movie you would not be excited for? We did mention it last week. I I have a new one. Okay, a new one. We're gonna... Yeah, because I mean, it was easy for me to say Batman. I'm like, well, then I realized I'm like, no, but anyone could say they want to be Batman, especially yeah. after the video. I said we Superman. Showed. Right. Yes. Uh, my character that I would love to be... I, actually, I'd love to play this character. It seems like I love... Uh, it's fun to play douchebags. Yeah. Uh, Booster Gold. Booster Gold's a great... I could totally right. see you playing a Booster right. Gold. Good. Former pro good. athlete. He steals a bunch of stuff. He goes back in time to be like, oh, yeah, I'm the greatest thing of all time. Yeah, like, absolutely. There's Laplace a lot of... as Booster Gold coming in 2018. I did it, right? There's a lot it. of yeah, room yeah. for campiness, but at the same time, you know, at some point in the movie, like, he'll have to realize, oh, wait, I better start taking this thing pretty seriously. <laughs> And then he'll become the hero. That'd be fun. Captain Marvel Jr. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> here's the G1. thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. The blue outfit? Is this blue the outfit. Blue, blue outfit? with the right. yellow. Yeah, because here's the thing. The little blue cheese? Yeah, well, like the, the big red cheese, cheesy. Kind, yeah. of, kind of a goofball. Kind of a real cornball. Like, you know, great physique. But, you know, goofy, goofy. He's, he's a child's conception of what a hero is. Captain Marvel Jr., though, is like a preteen or a teenager's conception of what a hero is. Mm-hmm. So he's way cooler. Also, fun fact... Elvis, huge fan of Captain Marvel, modeled his pompadour after Captain Marvel oh Jr. God. Really? And that's why and that's why on all of his like You're totally making up for loving Batman forever with Listen, facts man, I'm bringing like the knowledge. I'm bringing it. the knowledge. Also, like, you know, uh Elvis's lightning TCB taking care of business yeah. symbol it's from Captain Marvel Jr. Because he was Love such a big fan. Shazam. Yeah. I'm all awesome. Shook. I'm all Are you up. excited about Shazam coming out? Yeah, eventually? of course I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Now, do you have an opinion? Do you think it's going to be in the in the DC universe or do you think they're going to keep it separate? I hope they keep it separate. Because you hope they keep it separate. Yeah, absolutely. Because like those those comics haven't really worked. Look at it. Yeah. Wow. It's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I lie to you? Why would I lie? All right. Why would I lie? Uh, no, the, those comics mm. haven't really been the same since they were like the really gonzo faucet ones like back yeah. in the, the 50s. Yeah, with like the, you know, Talkie Tawny, the Talking Tigers and mm. all the, you know, Dr. Savannah and all that strange stuff. It hasn't really fit in with the DC Universe since. Yeah, because it really ultimately is just like a, another kind of Superman. They just take up the it's same place. It's very different. Well, it's, yeah, I mean. And it almost would have been great to trade to Marvel, but then, then you get another Captain that was Marvel. My, that was my right? first thought it's before, I, before I got to Martian Manhunter. This draft's getting just out of clear, control. Clear it up. <laughs> you know what? We do have two more questions. Let's save them for next week because we okay. always have questions coming in. We're already at 50 minutes and it's Thanksgiving. Excellent. We, you got a lot of stuff to watch and do and you got to talk to family, I guess. Have fun. But I think I think we're good for today. All right, folks. Thank good. you very much for uh, joining us for this kind of special, kind of uh, out of sync with our normal time. There was a little bit of wrestling talk. Hopefully you're enjoying the turkey. If you're not listening to it on Thanksgiving, you're listening to it after. You're remembering the turkey. Uh, I'm Adam Gertler. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Adam Gertler. Um, and uh, tell us where we can find you. I'm Aubrey Citizen oh. at Aubrey Citizen on Twitter. Go to AubreyCitizen.com to find links. How do you spell that last name? Citizen. S-I-T-T-E-R-S-O-N. That's okay. right. Aubrey Citizen. AubreyCitizen.com has got links to everything. Yeah. Twitter, Tumblr. Including Instagram. King Maul. And I've read the comic. It is badass. That's it's right. He's got his own out. comic. King Thanks, Maul. Check it out. King Tell Maul. him how great it is because it is really cool. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Uh, Johnny? Oh, yeah. I don't have a comic book. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter at jquasto, jlocomedy.com. And, of course, uh, my partner and I, Dale Rutledge, we do a show on Nerdist every week, the Wrestling Compadre Slamcast at Wrestling Buds. And uh, we'll see you soon. We'll see you next week, right? Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. 
From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principal.